works. Consider it done at whyitworks.com. License number 30185. Hi, I'm Pat Rulo, host of Speak Up and Stay Alive. This Sunday, October 10th, from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock, tune in for a special one-hour bonus of the Speak Up and Stay Alive radio program. In case you missed last week's show, it will air at 2 o'clock, and then a brand new episode filled with more of my no-nonsense investigative reporting will air at 2.30. See you Sunday right here on WHK AM 1420 from 2 to 3. And remember, you have to speak up and stay alive. Dennis Prager explains the left's stance on the border. A wall blocks people from coming in. It maintains the ability of a society to grow much more naturally. How many people can we take in? Answer, as many as it takes to keep the Democrats in power forever. That is the only criterion. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1420. The answer and Odyssey. The following programs, views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420, The Answer, or Salem Media Group. Honor giveaways during this broadcast are the responsibilities of the host and/or producers of the programs conducting the contest. All programs are subject to contestant giveaway rules and responsibilities mandated both by the FCC and by AM 1420, The Answer. <laughs> Morning, all. How do you do? Welcome to the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. My name is Jerry Quinn. Delighted to be with you this morning. Our program is brought to you by Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant in Values in Valley City, Chambers Funeral Home, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, Vincent's Barbershop on East 185th Street, Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bringing you the Irish show this morning on WHK AM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. Stay with us now. We're here until 12 o'clock noon today. Don't go away. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Jerry. And you too, JC. 
That's it. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you for that hey, uh, new title, my man. I see you are promoting your daughter's candidacy. You're wearing a lovely T-shirt that says Rally with Lally. Yes, and that would be for Strongsville City Council oh, yeah. at large. We're getting close to the political time, aren't we? Coming up at the 2nd of November. Second yes. Tuesday? First Did you Tuesday. vote yet? First Tuesday. No, I have not. Do you ever vote by mail? Oh, yeah. I Most do. of the time I do. Yeah. Yeah. I got mine in the mail the other day. Uh, I didn't even, I haven't gotten around to it yet. I've got too many things going on. I vote absentee I normally. Yeah. Uh, Peter Corrigan is going to join us this morning. And uh, as I looked at his resume, I said to myself, how come this guy isn't president of the United States? Oh. Really, where do yes. you listen to him? He's incredible. Wonderful, wonderful person. So he's coming in at 10.30. We're going to chat with him. But did you know this? Ulysses Grant, he finished his 200,000-word memoirs only a few days before he died. So he never saw the work published. The book ultimately brought in $500,000 for his family. It remains one of the finest accounts of the Civil War ever written. Grant's popular autobiography was published by his friend Mark Twain in 1885, the same year that Twain came out with The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Yes, which can't be read to anybody now. <laughs> well, why not? It's because it's racist. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his friend uh, Jim, who was an escaped slave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys know a lot about this stuff. I was going to talk to Peter Corrigan about all, all of this. All of this, yes. All, no questions are off limits with Peter, I can tell you. <laughs> but he is a professor at Notre Dame College, and we're looking right forward to Right up to the end of my street. Yeah, he was, uh, he was on with Bob Franz this past week talking about a very special event he has coming up at the college on the 19th. So that's the primary reason he's here, actually. Dave Ben is past 10 o'clock here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Two weeks from today, we're going to have Bill Garvey. He was uh, selected as president of Cleveland Film Commission. So he will be joining us. A well deserved honor. To talk about that very, very important job at the city of Cleveland. Oh, absolutely. Raises a lot of money for this city, and I think they've got a great man when they've got Bill Garvey. I was at a, a Notre Dame a football game in South Bend, Jerry. And uh, I met the fellow who played uh, uh, one of the uh, coaches, uh, Eric Parsetian. And uh, at that time, and of course, uh, the piece was published in the Irish Circle newspaper. But that at that time, Bill Garvey was a gopher for the, m for the movie makers. Oh, really? You yeah. just started out, huh? Yeah, and when he graduated, he told me that he uh, sent resumes out to every, he got the movie magazine, sent his resume out to everyone he could mm -hmm. and only one answered and uh, that's the job he got and yeah. kicked him off in the trade which was that you have we'll have to yeah, ask I him I, he ended up w working for the sopranos in oh New he York. worked on yeah. that oh seven years he was on that oh my goodness yeah. i didn't know that uh, yeah seven years by the way i, d I did see that follow-up uh, movie on the sopranos uh, this uh saints of newark don't waste yeah. your time i know it's a Sopranos wannabe with period That's music it. updated. Okay. That's all it is.
Okay, coming up, uh, we're going to hear from uh, our usual opening to this program, which is the ragged old flag. It's the ragged old flag is getting battered pretty bad all over, well, not all over the world, but around a lot of the world. So that's why we play this every Sunday morning right here. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench, an old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole has leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat, and I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key sat watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo beside the Texas flag, but she waved on, though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville, and she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied and refused and the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land and she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin but she's in good shape for the shape she's in cause she's been through the fire before and i believe she can take a whole lot more so we raise her up every morning we take her down every night we don't let her touch the ground and we fold her up right. On second thought, I do like to brag cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. Johnny Cash opening our program this morning, as he usually does here on WHKM 1420 and on the internet at It's 13 minutes past 10 o'clock. Now let's get into the program, and then we're going to be hearing from Peter Corrigan. But let's go back a few years to the public hall in Cleveland, Ohio. I think about 1965, the Clancy Brothers were there, and this is one of the songs they sang. Fare thee well, my lovely Dinah. 
Nancy Brothers on WHKAM 1420. I'm Jerry Quinn with you until 12 o'clock noon today. We'll be talking with Peter Corrigan shortly. Uh, but we have a lot of treasured musicians in the Cleveland area. And uh, one of the great families is the Kilroy family. Here they are. They're, uh, they've been on this program several times, actually.
There they are, the Killroyds. They are regular guests here on this program. Got to have them back soon again. It's always great entertainment when they're with us. Uh, Eddie and JC have a few requests to do. Yes, we but do. I got a poem coming up next called The Pips and the Prod. Go ahead. Okay. This is a special dedication going out to uh, Bridget Uhouse that just passed away. Um, and this is from uh, your grandson, the bearded fellow. And that's, he called that one in. Uh, you know Bridget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, our good buddy Tommy called in, and he said he wanted to say hi to all, and the, the beautiful one, but where is she? We're here. All no, all you're not. Uh, yeah, come on, Jerry. <laughs> you're handsome. That's you're it. not beautiful. You know, <laughs> not even beauty that. may be skin deep, but ugly goes clean through to the bone. <laughs> That's me. That's you. <laughs> See the compliments, Peter, I get? Uh, good thing I pay those guys so much money. Jerry, uh, I've got uh, some. I don't know if we did this last week or not, but we'll do it again. Uh, Pat and Rory uh, Smith, uh, happy 35th anniversary. And a uh, shout-out to uh, J.M. Reedy. And uh, I can't make out this, uh, I don't know what, the, the and maybe his uh, wife, I don't know, or his girl. But anyhow, uh, that's for them. And uh, also, I want to make a slight correction to what you said earlier. The Clancy Brothers were at Music Hall in 1966. Oh, sorry. Because I was there. And afterwards, I took my mother, and uh, we went backstage and met those guys. It was awesome. Huh. Absolutely awesome. That was sponsored by CORE. Congress of Racial Equality. I have the uh, poster at home in the frame that uh, somebody snitched uh, from, uh, from the wall, and uh, I got a copy of it from him. And that I might be called Grand I Theft. who Jesse. that was, but you can call in and tell me again, and uh, we'll give you a shout-out. Uh, there's um, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of England, made a statement last week or the week before that he may want to renegotiate the Good Friday Agreement. I don't know if that's a good thing or not a good thing. Uh, I'd like to hear the opinions of people from the British Isles and maybe from Ireland and see what, the, what they say about that. I'd like to hear what Tom Joyce says about that and what Martin Lee says about it in England. But anyway, we don't want to go back to the days of... Um, the terrible discrimination and the, the, the problems that they had in the north of Ireland. I recorded this about 25 years ago when I was at the old WRMR down on uh, Radio Lane. It's called The Papist and the Prod, and it's about a young man who was Protestant. He married a Catholic girl, and this is about the trials and tribulations of this mixed marriage. Listen. I was born and raised in Sandy Row, a loyal orange prod. I stood for good King William, that noble man of God. My motto, no surrender, I flagged the Union Jack. And every twelfth I proudly marched to Finicky and back. A loyal son of Ulster, a true blue, that was me. Prepared to fight, prepared to die for faith and liberty. As well as that, a Linfield man, as long as I can mind. And I had no time for Catholics or any of that kind. And then one night in Bangor, I met wee Rosie Green, and the minute I laid eyes on her, I knew she was my queen. But when I saw she fancied me, my mind was all abuzz, and I quite forgot to ask her what her religion was. Next time we met, I told her, I'm a Protestant staunch and true, and she said, I'm a Catholic, 
and I'm just as staunch as you. The words were harsh and bitter, but suddenly like this, the centuries of hatred were forgotten in a kiss. I knew our love would bring us only trouble and distress, but nothing in this world could make me love we Rosie less. I saved a little money as quickly as I could, and I asked her if she'd marry me. God, she said she would. Then the trouble really started, her folks went raving mad, and when mine heard about it, they were twice as bad. My father said from that day on he'd hang his head in shame, and by a strange coincidence, her father said the same. My mother cried her eyes out and said I'd rue the day that I let the Catholic hussy steal my loyal heart away. And Rosie's mother said when she recovered from the blow that she'd rather see the devil than a man from Sandy Row. We were married in a Catholic church on the other side of town. That's how Rosie wanted it, and I couldn't let her down. The priest was very nice to me and made me feel at home. I think he pitied both of us. Our family didn't come. The room we went to live in had nothing but the walls. It was far away from Sandy Row and further from the falls. But that's the way it had to be, for both of us knew well that back among the crowd we knew our lives would just be hell. But life out there for Rosie was lonely well I knew. And of course, we had our quota of religious problems too. At dinner time on Friday, when Rosie gave me fish, I looked at it and then at her, and I said, Girl, that's not my dish. I remember well what she said to me, you've got to pay the price. And to eat no meat on Friday is a pool we sacrifice to make for Christ who died for us on Friday long ago. Anyway, I ate the fish, and it wasn't bad, you know. On Sunday, she got up for Mass, and I lay on in bed. But Rosie would have none of it. You're going to church, she said. We left the house together, but we parted down the line. And she went off to her church, and I went off to mine. The weeks and months went quickly by. Then there came the day when Rosie up and told me that a child was on the way. We went upon our knees that night and asked the Lord above to give our child two gifts alone, tolerance and love. Other hours before the wedding were infinitely mild compared with all the rumpus that was raised about the child. Rosie's people came to say the child a Catholic must be, and mine said it would have to be a Protestant like me. The child must be a Catholic, the child must be a prod. But the last and loudest voice I heard was the mighty voice of God, and to his awful wisdom I had to bow my head. An hour after it was born, our poor wee child was dead. That night I knelt by Rosie's side, and just before the dawn, I kissed her as she left me to join our angel son. My loyal heart was broken within them lonely walls. Oh, where the hell's the shank hill, and where the hell's the falls? But that was many years ago, years of grief and pain, when I'd have given all I had to see her face again. My loneliness is over now. I'll see her soon, I know. They told me yesterday I haven't long to go. And when I go up yonder, they'll let me in, I hope. But if they ask me who I'm for, King Billy or the Pope, I'm going to take no chances. I'll let 
held him straight and fair, and the loyal Ulster Protestant who loved that Catholic girl. And one way or another, I know they'll let me through, and Rosie will be waiting there, and our little angel too. Then the child will lead us, papist and the prod, up the steps together into the arms of God. That was written by a man named James Young, who came from County Armagh. Uh, it's, um, I think, about 40 years ago it was written. Nice nice piece there, I'm pretty well descriptive of situations that occurred in the north of Ireland. Hopefully we never have to go back to that again. 29 minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on WHK. Peter Corrigan is in the studio with me. And I said earlier, if um, um, after reading the resume, I think this man should be president. <laughs> Peter, <laughs> welcome to the program. Get close to that microphone there. Yeah, th thanks, Jerry. Jerry, I need somebody to market, <laughs> market ah, for me. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, li listen, your background is, is really something engineering, operations, sales, mergers and acquisitions, international business, and now you're a teacher, a professor at Notre Dame. Co that microphone, is, what, what is it? I got it. Jay-Z, can you fix that microphone for me? Uh, you got it. Yeah, well, uh, what a resume. And, and you have... Uh, a degree in physics, you have an MBA from Case, you have an, M an executive MBA from Harvard. My goodness, where does all this stop? <laughs> what about the rest of us? Well, for me, it, it, stopped, about, um, it stopped about six or seven years ago. We sold our company, so I, <laughs> I, I sort of stepped back from that, and now I, I'm, cons I'm a consultant and I teach. So I'm, I'm having a best time of my life right now. Well, the, the main reason we're having your, you here, though, today, I was listening to you on the Bob Franz program ah, okay. last week, yeah. and uh, you are you are really a great influence on young people, young yeah. entrepreneurs. It looks like you've really taken an interest in them. Tell them about the world of business. Yeah. So you have a big event coming up sure, this I, week. I appreciate that. But before I get started, I wanted to, I brought you guys something. There's a couple of guys in the in the studio here, but it's it's from Riley's. Oh, Riley's Bakery. Oh, I know, Riley's, oh, I know them well. My aunt Rita Ruffle, who's passed, used to make the best soda bread on the west side. Oh, she's really? no longer with us, so uh, Riley's is um, is is the next best. So decided to bring it for you guys, and <laughs> when we get a break, maybe we can dig in. Oh yes, um, that, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, he has added all Riley's already. Irish Bakery. Yes, called, they're, so, anyway. they're a great bakery. I know my daughter Mary goes over there quite often. It's yeah. over on Lorraine Avenue. It's in Fairview Park. It's busy. It's busy. Fairview so. Park, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. There we go. So there we go. Thank you. <laughs> but this, um, this uh, project you have going next Sunday, I think it is? Uh, is it, it's a week from Tuesday. It's, a week it's from uh, Tuesday. It's the um, it's a women in business um, empowered women in business um, conference a panel, and we've invited successful, I guess successful women from uh, Northeast Ohio, um, presidents, CEOs, owners of their businesses, just to come and talk to my uh, talk to my kids. I shouldn't say kids; I should say students. But um, um, yeah, we're 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 looking we're looking pretty um, we're pretty excited for it. That the students are looking for. Um, how to break through, how to take advantage of opportunities, and how to 
um, I guess, be individuals and, and stand on their own two feet. So that's <clears throat> that would <clears throat> that would mostly I mean, that's that's the gist of it. Um, they have some a couple of the speakers that they have some very good personal stories and um, really triumphing over obstacles. And so I, I, I just wanted uh, I wanted my particularly my my minority and my female students to understand that their the glass ceiling doesn't really exist anymore, maybe like it used to. So it's good. The, kid, the kids get a confidence boost. From How that. important is it for young people to be acquainted with business? Because, you know, when I was growing up, Peter, yeah. one of the things we were taught, you get a government job, right. go to work for somebody else. But thank goodness that has changed. And it's changed. I, I mean, in America, of course, I think it's probably always been get in, do uh, get into business, yeah. make your way in the world by yourself. Yeah, that, there's a lot more interest than there used to be on the entrepreneur side. So I, I teach a, 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 a number of entrepreneur classes. I teach a strategic planning class and a, and a couple of other things. But um, right now there's a big interest in trying to take over and, uh, and do things that just don't seem to get done. I have um, um, a, a couple of just really good stories. I have a, um, one kid that's just um, blown through. He's a senior in college. He's already bought three houses, and he's on his own real estate business. I have another kid that's uh, trying to restart the Maple Heights Little League as a nonprofit. I have uh, two or three other interesting stories. But um, <clears throat> in all, I'm, try I, I'm trying to get everybody – just at least to get started. So in my initial class, I make everybody go and sign up with the, state, the Secretary of State and actually open a business. And they say, well, what's the business going to be about? I say, I don't care. First, you're going to get through the obstacle of the government um, bureaucracy, if you will, the paperwork. And then we can talk about what your business is going to be after that. But right now, let's, let's at least get through that. And usually what happens is they, they start the business and then um, – um, they, they officially start the business, and then they start looking for opportunities. And by the time I get to the third or fourth class with them, about half of them are running up and running with something that looks like it might make some have some legs, I guess. Isn't that I, I yeah. think that's that's wonderful. And males, females, are you finding any difference between the males and the females' interest? Um, not not. I would I would say no. Um, I there are different skill sets. Sometimes the, um, there tend to be more females on the graphic arts side. The graphic arts students are just terrific, and a lot of them need some business um, background or founding. Just, they end up um, going off into that career, and they need to understand how to be independent contractors. So they come to my class, and we teach them, we teach them those fundamentals. I suppose so. computers is a huge part of this. You have to be knowledgeable of com about computers, don't you? And just about everything today. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the marketing these days is social marketing. Um, it, it's 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 done online. It's done through the internet. Um, we although we do do some traditional marketing. Um, we we actually advertised with um, WHK last week uh, and this week f for our event next week. And part of the advertising. It was a specific assignment for my students to understand what they have to go through to advertise on the radio. So we we um, we came in, recorded the ads. We had uh, three different students to do the ads, and uh, you hear them running occasionally in the morning, and they'll run for about another oh, I've heard week. Them. Yeah, and it's it's um, you know, I was really trying to to get these kids to 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 reach out and and um, not be afraid. So they came in, and they were just all. 
all uh, very nervous, very shaky when they were when they're doing when they're doing the uh, the runs and and um, uh, the technician here just worked them through and they came out with pretty nice smooth ads. So they're very proud. I'm very proud of them for doing that. Um, how did you um, take this interest in this? Is it do you think through your own family, your own kids, or did you? You know, I know your background. We're going to talk a bit about that later, <laughs> but. Um, why did you decide to do this? I'm sure there are a lot of jobs, Peter, that you could be making a lot more yeah. money at. Yeah. You, you really must love this teaching entrepreneurship to these kids. Well, well I, can, I continue, you know, I continue to do a, a small bit of consulting too, but um, I, I sort of looked at my whole life and career and I looked at the first, say, third of my life as education and training and then the second third as, as contributing and the, and the last third is um, just trying to give back. So it just sort of made sense to me that not to just um, continue to do what I was doing, but to, to stop, take a pause, and to start connecting with people to explain to them what's really out there and how they can learn, how they can learn from my experiences. So, yeah, it was, pre it was pretty deliberate to do it that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't p quite pay what I was making before. No, I wouldn't but think that's so. Okay. I wouldn't think fine. so. But, but <laughs> the, the impression in society today is that professors in colleges uh, a lot of people refer to them as pinheaded professors <laughs> that, <laughs> that are liberal left-wing they're not interested in business they have no interest in industry um, you I mean this is kind of something different that you're doing <laughs> well, I get the pinheaded but not the professor in it all the time so <laughs> no we, we have a we have a pretty good you know and our, our faculty has a, a a very good mix of of people from different industries that actually did, are doing what I'm doing. They had a, a long careers, they came to the end of their careers, and now they're they're doing the let's give back. So, I'd say probably two thirds of our faculty came from the private sector, and so from a, from that standpoint, I think it's it's a very practical degree at, at Notre Dame College. Uh, you know, we have people. That, what what that do you call the degree? Around. If they um, go through this and they do it, the main the main degree is business management, but this is a co-major in entrepreneurship. Okay. So they go through my classes, and they're they're basically a double major, co-major, I guess is the proper word. I just wanted to go back here a few years to when you were a kid. You grew up where? Um, I grew up in Rocky River and Westlake, mm -hmm. and um, um, yeah, I a big family. Your big dad, Irish your family. dad was a doctor, an he MD, was. right? Yep. My uncle was a judge, and my other uncle was a monsignor. And so, you have a sister, a lawyer. Is she on the Supreme Court in Michigan? I, I had a sister that was the chief justice of the Michigan Supreme Court. She that was, was Mora, was it? Now. Yeah, Mora. Retired, yeah. yeah. Right. She's the. Uh, she, but she's, you, she's you didn't. You didn't get a law degree, did you? Uh, I, I didn't. I. I you got you, know, a, you got everything. I else. took the LSAT, and I actually got into law school and. I just started reading the books and decided it wasn't for me. So. You wanted to uh, do physics instead. Huh? I did. <laughs> you, you were the budding Elon Musk, <laughs> right? It's, yeah, if I was 25 or 30 years old, maybe. But. So yeah, you grew up. You grew up that night. Where did you go to high school? I, I went to Saint Ignatius. Smart kid. <laughs> uh, what was your first job? Um, my first job with a W-2. Yeah. where I actually had to, was, um, I worked as a, um, a laborer or a, a, the, the, the kid that cleaned um, everything at Bradley Hardware. 
on Bradley Road in Center Ridge, oh, way yeah. out in uh, out in Westlake. So I was kind of the the gopher. I had to do everything, clean toilets, and I had to sweep up the shop and everything. Mm-hmm. I worked with a bunch of guys that were actually pretty smart guys. I liked do, them all. Do you know Mike Gibbons? I know Mike Gibbons real well. I had him on here, and we were talking. He started off as a laborer. Yeah, that's and right. And then he was a cement finisher, and then he became an investment banker. Yeah. Kind of parallels here. My my dad um, figured this all out somehow, but I think Mike Gibbons and I share like a great-grandfather. Okay. I'm not exactly sure how, but I'm, I know we're cousins somehow. So the first job, you were made to do everything. Right, I mean, but, but before that, I worked for my uncles. My uncles were all... My uncles were all um, carpenters and, and contractors. Mm-hmm. So I had um, I had my Uncle Franny. Their, their last names were McCrone. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Uncle Franny had me working on the job site when I was 14. I was oh. driving a backhoe for him when I was 14. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, just get up there and start Do it doing all. it. Yeah, like, yeah. Sure. And Sounds a lot like Mike, huh? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Where, when did you get start taking an interest in business? Where did your business career start? Well, well I started as an engineer. And I was a, um, I was so you're a, a physics you're, degree. Are you um, civil or mechanical or? I'm a physicist. Oh, so okay. If, if I had to describe it in one area or other, it'd be an optics engineer, high energy, okay, like, um, light transducer technology type stuff. So I started with Victorine, and they were they're a high range radiation um, equipment company. They were at the time, and um, you know we were we were handling um, radiation detection equipment for for nuke plants and um, research facilities. And I went from there to Picker, which is now Phillips. But used to be Picker, Picker X-Ray. Yeah, I worked on MRI equipment. I was a test engineer for MRI, and then, then I became the, the radiation physicist for our gamma camera lines. So I, I was doing all of these, um, and then I, then I went to a blood chemistry company. I worked at each place, you know, three or four years, and, and the one common thread between all of them was I, I just felt like management wasn't serving the business as much as uh, it could. So I went to business school and I, I started to started to get a founding in that. And this is where you got your MBA? Yeah, I got my MBA from Case. Case. And, uh, and, and then, then one I, from Harvard? Um, I, I did that later. It was okay. sort of like the best way to describe it is the executive MBA at, at, at Harvard. They, they call it their AMP program. Mm-hmm. But it was it was a little bit redundant. But the people I worked for they were in uh, and they were in um, Manhattan, private equity people, and they wanted me to get um, credentials from Harvard, so I did. Well, listen, uh, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back and talk about your career. I know you were in South America for a while. I was. Oh, yeah, I want you. To, <laughs> I want you to tell me all about that. I'm so interested in that. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Where did uh, where did my commercials disappear to? Hmm. Oh, there it is. Stand by. Let me see if I can get Andrew to cut. Ireland and its 40 shades of green. Experience the beauty of Ireland on a trip of a lifetime. Cross the Carrick Rope Bridge. Just don't look down and take in the awesome beauty on the other side of the peninsula. Climb the columns at Giant's Causeway. Walk the gardens at Powers Court and learn why National Geographic considers both sites among the best in the world. Visit the iconic landscapes used in the filming of Game of Thrones. Hike the sea cliffs at Donegal. Enjoy the great music and lively local scene in Galway, considered one of the best cities in Europe. Spend a summer night with your friends, new and old, on a great outdoor patio on the Irish Sea. This is not your typical tour. This is an experience for first-time visitors and those blessed to have spent time in Ireland before. Call 216-210-0828. 
or visit quinnirishradio.com. Join us next June on the Road Less Traveled Ireland Tour. Call 216-210-0828. More than a tour, an experience to top any bucket list. So don't forget now. Uh, where did JC put my phone here? Oh, I got some information on this phone that I have to get out to everybody right now. Just to, I was chatting with Peter there when I was supposed to be doing this. So <laughs> let's, get this, let's get this done here. Tim Vaughn sent me a, um, let's see. Here we are. All right. Now, they, in Ireland, they are 90% complete with vaccination of 16 plus. They're 90%. So we need, to, we need to pay attention to that if you're talking about our trip going in June. We're getting the deposits in, but we want more people to get the deposits in. Uh, it looks right now like everything is going to be fine by next June, but you never know. But at the same time, get your deposit in. It's only $250. And if something happens, you will get your money back up to 100 days out. And then if there's a real catastrophe, even in that 100-day window, they, we will be able to work out refunds also. Um, the current criteria to get in are proof of vaccination or PC. Our test within 72 hours of entry or recovery proof within previous 180 days. Uh, and I'm just telling you what's there right now. But that's going to change as we progress into next year. We're hoping that it'll be wide open. But the thing that we have to watch is you want to get your deposit in because if there's a big flood of tourists coming into Ireland next year, you know the prices are going to go up. I have heard of bed and breakfast on holiday weekends in Ireland right now going for like $400 a person because, because the, the demand, the demand for the, the local people that are not going out of the country, they're flooding the hotels and the prices are going up. The same thing could happen next year. So get your deposit in. You don't want the price going up. Get it in right now. <clears throat> and I want you to call Tim Vaughn at 216 210 we're going to play that commercial again later on in the program. Uh, now this message from John O'Neill of O'Neill Healthcare. When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care on Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare, or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440-808-5500 or visit us online at O'NeillHC.com. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. 
Sean and Michelle Lackey, they run a wonderful, uh, wonderful pub and restaurant in Valley City, Ohio. I hope you go to it. Here they are. The best European-style pub is nearby at Gandalf's in Valley City. Whether you're in for brunch, lunch, or dinner, the chef's inspired menu will cast a spell of deliciousness, keeping you coming back for more. Plus, live entertainment, a large craft beer selection, and great service make Gandalf's Pub one of the area's liveliest gathering spots. For great food and fun, it's Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant, Route 303 in Valley City. That's right, get to Sean and, Sean and Michelle's place. You'll really love it. It's a great restaurant. Top of the morning. Western Reserve Group has proudly served Ohio for over 100 years. Their mission has been to provide families with quality insurance protection for their home, auto, business, and farm. For more information about Western Reserve Group, contact your local Western Reserve Group independent insurance agent or go to their website at www.wrg-ins.com to find an agent near you. Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to golftech.com. Golf Tech, proven path to proven results. Hi, I'm Mike Joyce from Joyce Buick GMC inviting you to visit our dealership for a new Buick or GMC. Joyce has a great selection of new Buicks and GMCs in stock and we're offering you the best in pricing and customer care. Come see why Buick is the fastest growing car manufacturer in the U.S. Joyce Buick GMC, serving you for over 45 years. Joyce Buick GMC, no place better to buy a new or used car or truck. Get to Joyce Buick. They're located at 38039 Chester Road, right off I-90 in Avon. Great service, great leases, and great financing right now. Mike and Sean Joyce, they are the owners of Joyce Buick GMC. You can see everything online at drivejoyce.com, or you can call them at 440-934-6600. Joyce Buick, GMC. <clears throat> it's it's, uh, it's 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Peter Corrigan is in the studio with me this morning. He's going to be with us. Well, can you stay with me two hours? Uh, I'll tell you what. Sure, I don't know it won't who would want long. me for two hours. It but won't great. be as long <laughs> as the Tom Patton golf outing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just saw the t the sticker on there. Tom listens to us every uh, yeah, every Sunday. Tom is wonderful. Great guy. Um, Peter, um, you are running for the school board in Rocky River. So I know you're yep. a man that definitely is uh, interested in, in education, and I, I, we all know how important it is right. to a person today, a young person. You can't go anywhere in the world right. without some semblance of education. Um, what about this uh, critical race theory? How destructive is it? I, um, you know, I have opinions about it. Other people have other opinions as well. I, um, um, our platform is really to just try to 
get back to the basic education, educational curriculum. You know, the math, the science, the biology. Reading, writing, the and arithmetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, um, there, there's, you know, there's a real um, feeling of disquiet, um, uncomfort with the fact that not only have, has this, begun to move its way into the into the uh, curriculum in these in this in these various school districts I think the thing that um, has gotten people unnerved is um, when students were at home with with the lockdown and they were taking the classes on zoom uh, I, I think parents started to see some of the things that were being taught and you know for for where I come from as a customer of the public school systems Somebody that's taking a uh, um, students that are that, that I hope are going to be educated and just being able to write a paragraph when they get when they get to me in college. Um, I, I just really feel that the school district should be concentrating on those subjects. When I look at critical race, you know, it's a questionable it's a questionable thing. I think it's 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 based in um, the theory that um, our society is constructed on racism. And, and I just kind of go back to my own roots in Ireland where, you know, we had a family in the 1840s and 1850s and they weren't thinking about racism. They were look, looking for freedom. They came here. Mm -hmm. And um, I look at uh, what we were doing 200 years ago here in Ohio, and I don't think the people here were thinking about, thinking about racism. I think they were shooting about, thinking about shooting rabbits so they could eat. So it's sort of evolved into something that I think um, – I think it's it's become um, more politicized than the than the value of what it really was meant to be, and there's a lot of distrust. And in our school district, there's a lot of um, distrust and suspicion of the school board. And it's not just for critical race; it would be for four or five issues. Um, we had a problem with teachers in the in the system that were acting inappropriately we had this problem with critical race we had a drag queen story hour for that was um, um, published online and it, it was um, it was a zoom call and it was for families and I think people kind of said wait wait what is that all about and then we had the uh, levy that failed we have financial situations that have to get resolved in our districts there's a there's a whole whole batch of problems in Rocky River and and what what I, the constant theme is the citizens of Rocky River are now, there's this emerging distrust of the school board and the school district. So we, we need to get that fixed. And some of, these, some of these involve backing Rocky down. Rocky River School things. District is probably reflective of a lot of the suburban school system and Cleveland school system also, wouldn't you think? They're very similar? Yeah, to some extent. We've been very successful. I did, we've yes, had a really long history of being yeah, of having a top good, notch. Great city, but now over the last two or three years, there are all these things, and now that that uh, people are trying to change. And mm. I, do you know I what I'm thinking? Not to do that. Peter, a lot of the people that are making these decisions now are somebody are people that grew up 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Somebody taught them this stuff in school, and they in turn are growing up now, and they want to teach, continue yeah. on. With, the, with those theories like critical race theory, it didn't start to dare yesterday. That's my point. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It sure feels that way. And mm -hmm. um, some of this stuff is evolving. And I came out of the business sector. Now I'm teaching. Um, I know what it took to get where I got in life and what I had to do, the hard work and everything. And um, 
I, I think we have to prepare students for that. I think if they get out of school with a good founding in science and math, then they have a chance. We're graduating something like three to five percent of our um, seniors in an engineering or technical discipline in China's, China and India are in the mid-30s. We have 30, 32, 33 percent of the people graduating from um, college in India going into engineering. We're going to lose our edge real fast. So I would really, really prefer that our school district focuses on that and prepares kids so that when they come into um, my environment, they're already, I don't have to reteach the basics because they didn't get a good founding in that. No, I think Greek and Latin and all those great the classic languages are a great thing, and I admire people that get degrees <laughs> in them. But however, they don't uh, they don't move industry. Right, right. I mean, I, I'm strong, strong advocate of that very point. Mm -hmm. So, okay, come back and talk some more. It's 10:57 here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Here's bringing us up to the top of the hour as a group from Belfast called Four Men and a Dog. friends when i read stuff like this uh dr piper from the nea i want to backtrack on that stay home don't go do your jobs i don't want those people anywhere around my children your thoughts 
get your kids out of these schools and put them someplace where they're going to learn that two plus two is four and not the product of white privilege. That is one of the best lines that I've heard in some time. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on The Answer. Or on iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. WHK Cleveland, a service of Salem Media Group. Broadcasting from the Discount Drug Mart Studios. Proud to be celebrating over 50 years as your hometown pharmacy. Heidi, Heidi Talbot was a member of Cherish the Ladies for many years. She's really a great singer. Went on, did a career on a, her own career now. She's uh, born and raised in County Kildare, Ireland. Here's, uh, here's one of her songs, and then we're going to come back and talk to Peter more about the world of business. In the meantime, here's Heidi Talbot. Sally Brown, she's a fine young lady. Way we roll and go. She's the mother of a Creole baby. Way we roll and go, and we roll all night. We roll all day, spend our money all on Sally Brown. A shipped on board of a Liverpool liner. Tarry sailor, way we roll and go, and we roll all night, we roll all day, spend our money all on Sally Brown. She wants her to marry a one legged captain. Way we roll and go, he drinks dark rum and he chews tobacco.
Heidi Talbot is her name here on the Irish Show, and of course she used to be with Cherish the Ladies, Joni Madden, Cherish the Ladies. Peter Corrigan is in the studio with me, and I'm getting an education listening to this man. If I were a young person again, I would be out at Notre Dame College next Sunday for sure. I might even stop out there anyway. Just to, Tuesday, to, sorry. Or Tuesday, Tuesday next yeah. Tuesday. A week from this Tuesday at Notre Dame College on Green Road. Uh, right. Right beside uh, what used to be Regina High School. Right. Actually, the event is in the Regina Auditorium. It's in the, oh, high, is it? the old high school auditorium. We, we have that building now, so it's part of our campus. Oh, great. Uh, so you like teaching? Oh, yeah, I love it. It's, it's a and you never were a teacher before, were you? Um, way back? No, no, not, not per se. I, you know, I always had training events and things. Um, but, yeah, it was, um, it, it's, been, it's been interesting. I really learn a lot. The kids, kids keep me young. You learn too. You learn me. My, you know, my dad was a school teacher for forty-five years. No, I, di I didn't. What what district? He taught. Uh, no, he taught in Ireland. Uh -huh. okay. I and I had to go to school to him in the early stages. He, <laughs> <On> the, <laughs> he was hardest anything, on you. Anything I anything I know, and it's not much. He ah, feed okay. into me. Okay. <laughs> the teachers in those days, Peter, were a lot different than they are now. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> mean they 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 um as you got homework. Then you went in the next day, and he asked you all the questions on the homework. Yeah. And he had a bamboo cane. <laughs> <laughs> if if you missed if you missed the answer to the question, you got a whack at that cane. <laughs> How would that go over today? I caught the very end of that at Ignatius with Father Paul. Working a bit of that Ignatius. <laughs> a bit I didn't of it. Know. Yeah, a bit of it. Not much. Oh really? But a bit. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I thought that was in America back in the cowboy and How Indian days. How do I days. say it was good natured? Oh, it was, it was uh, good natured. Yeah. Well, talk to me. Talk to me about your world travels. You, you're a, a kind of a world traveling businessman, and I see one of the companies you work for was Prestolite. Right. Yeah. I, I'm familiar with them because they make used to make gas. Uh, um, didn't make oxygen acetylene or. Well, actually, Prestolite going all the way back. Prestolite was a big conglomerate, and it and it uh, broke up in the mid '80s. So the company you're talking about is one of the five Prestolite daughters from that that um, that breakup. We were the largest. We were uh, manufacturers of uh, motors and starters, alternators, wire harnesses, things like that. Mm -hmm. The pre the gaskets and the gas company that would be that was a Prestolite that actually ended up in Cleveland. Ours ours was in Detroit. Okay, so you ended up in South America. I did. Where? I did. Um, Buenos Aires. Minnesota. Argentina, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you know, I, you probably know this, that the founder of the Argentine Navy was from County Mayo? I didn't know His that. His name was Admiral William Brown from Foxford, I County Mayo. I didn't know that. I never saw there's that. There's a, uh, a big statue of him in Foxford, and there's also one in, I think, in Buenos Aires. I, did, I didn't know that, though. That's and, great information. And 10, I think it's f 10 or 15 years ago, the Mayo Society Convention, which is held every four or five years, right. was held there. Wow, that's I didn't I didn't know that. That's you might have been there. Oh, then. when I was when I was down there, I connected up with the the um, Irish Argentine Society and and went to a couple of events. But, right. but yeah, there's there's a pretty, I want to say it's big, but a pretty healthy Irish environment in Buenos Aires. So. Um, lots of people that are that stick together down there. It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. It's pretty so neat. what was it like uh, doing there? What were you doing there, actually? Well, so we, um, 
we were a domestic company and we bought part of a company called Lucas, which later the bigger part was sold to TRW. <clears throat> and we, we inherited factories as part of that, factories in, in the UK, in South Africa, and in Argentina. And I went down there um, specifically to address the troubles in Argentina. I don't know if anybody remembers, but back in the early 2000s, they, their economy collapsed. They, had, um, um, they were unable to pay their debts. Why? Um, there was a thing called the Washington Consensus that loaned them a lot of money in the 90s. And they, they were just unable to pay it. And then they got into an argument with the Bush administration about paying and it seems that the Irish, or excuse me, the Argentines didn't want to pay things back quite as fast as the Bush <laughs> people wanted them to. And so um, the people with money started to take money out of their, their banks. So they had about a $20 billion banking reserve in July of 2001, and it drained it to $8 billion by October of 2001. So the economy just did sort of this fast collapse. And we had a business down there and, and um, wasn't running very well. So I was appointed to go down there and, and to try to turn it around. And so I found myself down there the, the very week where they had five presidents. I don't know if you remember that story. Yes. They kept changing people over. There's a lot of social unrest, a lot of, a lot of violence in the streets. It was, it was pretty crazy. Was it a socialist government? Yeah. Yeah. It was at the time. And it Full blown? Still is. Yeah, pretty much. Except yeah. not quite as bad as Cuba. Right, not quite That's as communist. bad, but the, the, it's a one-party control, and they run everything. Uh, they manage every little aspect of, of your business, and you know, even advertising, putting signs on your building they're, they're charging taxes for, and just right down the line, we paid a lot of taxes. So, Peter, do you see any parallels between what could happen here, with, we'll say, with the way Biden is going on right now? Could, this, could we degenerate into that type of of problems yeah and, and uh, that that's that's the main issue it's it's in argentina there's an elitist class that runs everything it's socialism for everyone but there's a class that runs the the the, the system and they're sort of over and above the socialism they're over and above the equality they run things they're the elites that people so refer the to the thing about equality is a bit of a myth is a, it's a lie um, yeah it, the, the effect in argentina was was um you know, it, it decimated the middle class. So there was a poor class, and the, the lines between poor and middle were blurred. But the people that were wealthy down there, they were very wealthy. So, so when a, a socialist promises you everything or an equality for all. Run. Run. Don't <laughs> believe them. Run. <laughs> and it destroyed that economy. Right. And, and, and down there, it, 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 caused the, it caused the country to go bankrupt. And, you know, I had to manage a business through that. We were trying to... Um, uh, we were just we were trying to make and ship, and um, we we're predominantly servicing the, the South American market. So it was it was it was tricky. We managed to get through it. Well, that was after Peron, was it? Yeah, yeah. Eva Peron, and of course yeah, yeah, the Broadway. Was, yeah, <laughs> they love her down there. Still I mean, do. Was, uh, yeah. Still was do, she still uh, do. was she um, a socialist? Yep, she was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean she. She broadcasted a very good image for the Argentines, and you know they loved her. But at the end, um, the company, uh, the country, deteriorated into socialism. First, they had a they had a military junta run the run the country from '75 to '83, and then um, 
Um, that didn't work out so very well, and then they tried to reestablish democracy, and that didn't work out so very well. They had a couple of starts and stops. Washington um, came in, Washington consensus, and um, managed to stabilize things, but then they, they went into debt. So they're where still did, struggling. Now. Where did they stand now? They're still struggling. The, the, Monster debt? Yeah, yeah. Monster debt and the exchange rate is, is over there. When I was down there, exchange, exchange rate started at 1 to 1, and when we really went through the troubles within three months, it went to 4 to 1. What is their currency? It's a Argentine peso. So it was 1 to 1, and then it went? It went to 4 to 1, and now it's something like 20 to 1, 24 to 1, something crazy now. I haven't checked in a while. Now, how does it compare to Brazil? Um, Brazil has Brazil is actually moving right. The the um, Brazil government has kind of embraced business and and, and managed to have um, good startups. But Brazil and Argentina they're all part of a block called the Mercosur, and you know they they're protectionists. So you try to put bring something in, it's it's a seventeen percent tax. So they work with each other, but mostly um, they work with each other. And they try to cultivate and develop business amongst themselves. But Brazil's going much, much better than Argentina right now. Mm -hmm. Argentina's a great place. I mean, they're great people in Argentina. I just wish they had a better government. Any hopes for the future for them? <laughs> it's Not the, as long as the communist front. They suppose. say it's the country of the future, and it always will be. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that's not pretty encouraging. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay. All right, let's go over here to the Pogues for a minute, and it's called the Dingle Regatta.
the Pogues, and that's called the Dingle Regatta here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420 and on the internet at whkradio.com. You know, for generations, Chambers Funeral Home has been a part of the great history of Northeast Ohio, providing meaningful funeral services what Chambers strives to provide. Pre-planning your future funeral arrangements is a wise and sensible choice, and estate planning and Chambers can assist you and your family. From traditional burial services to cremation service, the funeral directors at Chambers are skilled and assist in families of all faiths and financial abilities. Please call Chambers Funeral Home at 216-251-6566 or visit them at chambersfuneral.com and they would be honored to discuss all of the many options available to you and your family as we commemorate a life well lived. Chambers Funeral Homes are proud to be family owned and operators and helping greater Cleveland families since 1933. There are three locations in the Cleveland area now. You can call them at 216-251-6566. Ireland and its 40 shades of green. Experience the beauty of Ireland on a trip of a lifetime. Cross the Carrick Road Bridge. Just don't look down and take in the awesome beauty on the other side of the peninsula. Climb the columns at Giant's Causeway. Walk the gardens at Powers Court and learn why National Geographic considers both sites among the best in the world. Visit the iconic landscapes used in the filming of Game of Thrones. Hike the sea cliffs at Donegal. Enjoy the great music and lively local scene in Galway, considered one of the best cities in Europe. Spend a summer night with your friends, new and old, on a great outdoor patio on the Irish Sea. This is not your typical tour. This is an experience for first-time visitors and those blessed to have spent time in Ireland before. Call 216-210-0828 or visit quinnirishradio.com. Join us next June on the Road Less Traveled Ireland Tour. Call 216-210-0828. More than a tour, an experience to top any bucket list. Now is the time to get your deposit in, $250, and you will get a refund if if for some reason the trip does not go, your money will be refunded. $250, but it's important that you get that deposit in as soon as possible because we believe that as this virus thing gets under control, the demand for trips to Ireland, accommodation in Ireland, is going to increase. That may increase the price in Ireland. So make sure you get your deposit in now. That locks in the price. And like I say, if something happens, you can always get your money back up to 100 days out. $250, get it right now. Call Tim Vaughn at 216-210-0828. It's 20 minutes past 11 o'clock here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Now this from Golf Tech. Improve your golf game with Golf Tech. Take the next step to a better game with equipment and custom fitting with the latest technology. Golf Tech has six area locations. Your golf game goes further with Golf Tech. Visit one of Northeast Ohio's Golf Tech locations or go to golftech.com. Golf Tech, proven path to proven results. When locating the right care for your elderly mom or dad, look no further. O'Neill Healthcare has been providing outstanding elder care on Cleveland's west side for more than 50 years. Whether needing assisted living, memory support, independent living, skilled nursing, hospice care, dialysis, or rehabilitative therapies, we are here for you. Our team of physicians, nurses, and therapists deliver personalized care 
with compassion and quality at the forefront. You have peace of mind knowing they are with extraordinary people who provide exceptional care. O'Neill Healthcare is always improving the care of older adults and is the trusted choice for your loved ones. For more information about O'Neill Healthcare or to schedule a tour at one of our five facilities, please contact us at 440-808-5500 or visit us online at O'NeillHC.com. Thank you, John O'Neill. And don't remember, next uh, next week, John O'Brien, the editor of the Irish newspaper. I, I don't know if you noticed or not, it's not called the Ohio, Ohio Irish News anymore. It has expanded into Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and Buffalo, New York. So it's a bigger newspaper now. John is going to tell us all about it next week. So he will be the guest here on the program next week. Two weeks from today, Bill Garvey, who was recently... Um, selected as president of the Cleveland Film Commission. He will be with us to tell us about the value that this uh, film commission brings to Cleveland and the, the enormous amounts of money that are at stake because we want a good film industry here in the city of Cleveland. It's 11.22 here on the Irish Show on WHK, AM 1420. You can call Eddie at 216-901-0945. J.C. Sullivan is also in the studio. And he's picking up some emails. If you want to send us an email, he will pick it up right here on our phone. Um, Peter Corrigan is in the studio with me this morning. We're talking about just about everything. Peter, uh, that Tom Patton golf hunter, did you get to it this year? I did. Did you? I, did, I didn't yeah. get to it. Yeah, I've been pretty loyal um, he's got supporter the, of that. It's a huge golf outing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's great. But you know, t- t- Tom's very Tom's well one loved. of the best. And people, yeah, people really have. I have a lot of time for Tom. How does that Republican get elected in this Democrat <laughs> <laughs> community area? They love Tom. That's more, it's more about outreach. I mean, he's he's trying to. I, I think Tom tries to uh, advocate for his constituents. I don't think he's advocating for a party. I think he's advocating for what's right for. For the people in, for in the people. my district, so I vote for him every which time. Is, uh, which is, which it should be. Yeah. Um, so I want to I want to talk to you a little bit more about um, South America because I just worry that what is going on in South America could creep a little bit north. Yeah. Right in here, because a lot of young people today, they um, they think that the socialist agenda would be good for America. I don't know why they think that. Maybe it's because they never went through some hard times. Right. But Peter, I went through those times when I was a kid. Yeah. I lived in a house that had no electricity. Yeah. We had no water, we had no bathroom. Yeah. And I know I never want to go back to that. Yeah. And uh, I worry about environmentalists making, ex- uh, making extreme demands on us going backwards instead of forward. Yeah. What's it, what, what, what do you think of all this? I, um, I'm, I obviously don't don't ascribe to socialism. I I, I spent enough time in Argentina where um, I watched the negative effects of what the what the government does to the people there, and it's all under the the premise that you know they're doing good for people and and it's going to be equality of outcomes and and it it just never is. What what happens is that the people that run the country it's a small group of elites. And it's a small group of political and financial elites, and they, they just they have their hands in everything. So the powerful mm-hmm. in 
the powerful in the organization, they run it, and people are a lot worse off, actually. There's no middle ground, is there? Th that's, what I, that's what I observe. So, so, so that nice grandfatherly Bernie Sanders, he, uh, <laughs> if he had the chance, <laughs> he would be a tyrant just like all socialists. I, I, perhaps so. I, 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 I challenged Bernie, Bernie Sanders to run a company. I had 1,200 people, and if I failed, um, I, I put people out on the street, and mm -hmm. not unlike here, they don't have jobs down there. They're in real trouble. So I had a lot on my shoulders to try to make that, that company um, survive. And, yeah, I challenged Bernie Sanders to do that. I think the socialism message, uh, just it just the message sounds great, but the practice, um, the reality just doesn't come But about. you have some of those people in city council, even around the suburbs here in Cleveland. Yep. You have a lot of people like Bernie Sanders scattered throughout the small city councils like maybe, may, I don't know, Rocky River, Fairview Park, yeah. uh, Lakewood. There are lots of these people that believe socialism is the way to success. I, I challenge them to see the world and see what's really happening and see for their own eyes. I mean, you, you're obviously have seen it yourself. Um, we, have a, we have a great city council in Rocky River. We have... Um, and, and, and it's, a, it's a really a great community. It's, it's mm -hmm. something that I've spent a lot of my life there, and, and I, want it, I want it to survive and, or thrive. And your neighbor also, Westlake? Yep, yep. Same, but, but, but there, are, there are a number of socialists in our race right now, and, and they have solutions that they think are, are good for the school board. But can, um, they, can any of those people point to a real success story with socialism? Uh, I don't think so. I challenge them to do that. Yeah, I, a lot of them use Sweden, Denmark, yeah. but that's not, not at not, all. Not really, not so much. Actually, Sweden has one of the freest um, business environments in the world, more than more so than us. They have mm -hmm. less controls on their business environment than we do. But they point to you know the, the socialized healthcare and the education. And say, see, there's socialism there. Uh, okay, maybe they, some portions are socialized, but not so much. There has been a lot of emphasis lately. I, uh, I listen to Charlie Kirk. Yeah. Uh, nearly yeah. every day I try to listen to Charlie if I can. I'm in my car driving. And Charlie has been going around the country appearing at school board meetings. Yeah. And he maintains that one of the most important things we w people we should be voting on is school board members yeah. right now. I was uh, I was on the internet trying to find out about the people that are running for the school board in the city where I live. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to get really any definitive information on them where you yeah. really know how they're thinking. They're, they obscure it. Why is that? Is it because they know that uh, they'll be voted out if people know that they... That could be the case. We're, we're, we're pretty plain about what we are. You know, our, our um, website is votecrb.org, um, it, and it states... It states Actually, pretty clearly, what we what we want to um, continue to propagate. I mean, we we like what Rocky River has been about. We we'd like to continue that. Um, and our our slogan is education, not activism. Mm -hmm. I, I see some of these movements to to um, inculcate people into school boards to change the direction as as as, as harmful. So I, I um we don't want the activism. Of course, we're being accused of being activists because we don't want the activism. But okay. 
<laughs> but I think it's awfully important that people know the school, the people that are running for the school boards, yeah. what their views are. Yeah, some of it is some of it is, is wrapped in some in some nice wording, um, but at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, uh, you look at the school school board and its decisions and and ask yourself um, whose kids are they? Are they your kids or are they school board's kids? Who's going to be teaching these kids these lessons? Is it going to come from parents or is it going to come from um, a, a consultant or a PowerPoint or <laughs> something like that? Terry know? McAuliffe made a bit of a boo-boo <laughs> last did. week, didn't he? He did. I think he that did. was bad. He said, uh, so. you have no right yeah. to... Uh, Parents don't have a voice. They don't have a voice yeah. in the education of our kids, well, right? Was, That's I what he said. I was stunned by that. I think... Th I th Parents have the entire voice. I mean, for him to say something like that, I was blown away by that. Uh, all right, let's talk. Uh, for, go back a minute. Next Tuesday, a week from Tuesday, your big event coming up at. Um, it's it's at 7 p.m. at Regina Auditorium, and it's uh, it's our Empowered Women's Panel. We're gonna have some terrific terrific speakers, and it's it's a it's an open forum for the kids. So I, I'm hoping our speakers have a ball, just to really enjoy themselves. How long will it last? Is there is uh, there admission hour, hour charge or no, anything? No, no, it's free. It's free to it's the free public. It's free at Notre Dame yeah. College, and yep. that's on Green Road, right beside the right. old Regina High School. Right. Right, it's exactly in front of in front of the main ad, an admin building. So. Where my friend sister Maureen Burke held forth as the president for many years. Yep. She yep. educated a lot of young women there. Maureen did. And there's there's still a number of nuns that are working there and, and teaching, and and they're, they're just great people. So that's I, great. <laughs> oh, wonderful, Peter. Let's get back here and play a few songs. Here's um, you may remember this. Do you remember the four lads? Used to play at Swingos over mm. on um, in Lakewood. Mm. Swingos, yeah, yeah. You're too young. Or I, I was out of. You the remember city. them? Yeah, I do. Well, Bernie Tourish, he was one of the founder of the Four Lads way back in the late fifties. Yeah. They may had a big hit uh, with. Um, oh, what was what was I can't remember the name of the song anyway, but they recorded they recorded this called the Rivers of Babylon. Yeah, okay. Did you ever hear that? I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, well, Bernie Turish and the Four Lads recorded it. Uh, Bill Randall used to play it all the time on WRMR when we were on WRMR. So I, I don't know if Bernie is listening or not. He's got to be at least 80 years old or late in his 80s. But um, the first time I met him, he says, you know, I'm Irish too. I said, no, you're not. I said, Turish, that's not an Irish name. He says, I sure am. He says, my nephew lives in County Tyrone in Ireland, and he owns the band called Hugh Tourish and the Clipper Carlton. Wow. And Bernie went back to see him in, in 19, I think it was 57 or 58. But Bernie lives, I think he lives in Westlake today, so I'm going to play this right now. The Four Lads, Bernie Tourish, The Rivers of Babylon. Here it is. Oh. Remember, so 
There he is, Bernie Jurish and the four lads. Way going back to the year, I think, 1958 at 11.37 here on the Irish Show on WHK AM 1420. Remember, men, if you're thinking of getting a haircut and everybody needs a good haircut, everybody wants to look good, you want to get to Vincent's Barbershop on East 185th Street. It's only $15 for the best the best haircut in town. It's located at 687 East 185th Street, just two minutes from Interstate 90. That's Vince's Barbershop. Uh, now, stand by. Ireland and its 40 shades of green. Experience the beauty of Ireland on a trip of a lifetime. Cross the Carrick Road Bridge. Just don't look down and take in the awesome beauty on the other side of the peninsula. Climb the columns at Giant's Causeway. Walk the gardens at Powers Court and learn why National Geographic considers both sites among the best in the world. Visit the iconic landscapes used in the filming of Game of Thrones. Hike the sea cliffs at Donegal. Enjoy the great music and lively local scene in Galway, considered one of the best cities in Europe. Spend a summer night with your friends, new and old, on a great outdoor patio on the Irish Sea. This is not your typical tour. This is an experience for first-time visitors and those blessed to have spent time in Ireland before. Call 216-210-0828 or visit quinnirishradio.com. Join us next June on the Road Less Traveled Ireland Tour. Call 216-210-0828. More than a tour, an experience to top any bucket list. So get your deposit in right now. We're going to fill that bus up. It's almost full already. Uh, so call Tim Vaughn at 216-210-0828. for our tour of Ireland next year, next um, June the 13th. Peter, um, Peter uh, Corrigan is in the studio with me. It seems strange to be talking to a Corrigan that's not a lawyer. <laughs> Or a judge, <laughs> an engineer, Physicist. an engineer. Yeah, I mean you're the guy that produces the uh, the industry. All these lawyers do all to take the money away from industry. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Sorry, everybody. It's fig- a lawyer. Figure out how to sue us all. <laughs> um, so Peter, um, you this is uh, this is the career you think for as long until you retire now. Huh? The, the teaching, yeah. Yeah, you like the, you love yeah, the teaching. Yeah, huh? I do. And then they're great, great kids. I mean, a lot of they have a lot of energy. They have a lot of curiosity, and they're very receptive to the to the teaching. There's a lot of satisfaction. Lot of it's super. If you see somebody that leaves that program and becomes hugely successful, it's a lot of gratification in that, isn't and it? And that's already happened to me. So I'm very happy to see them come out and actually keep going with the businesses they started. So. You know, my dad taught, for, I think I told you, taught for 45 years. Yeah. And it was compulsory retirement when he was 70. He had to retire. Wow. But he says, I wish I didn't have to retire. He says, I just wow. love this teaching. So, wow. So, so I, I think uh, that's what it is. But, you know, the teachers in America today, there's, there's some real problem in the teachers' union. Yeah. Yeah, there's some issues. There's some great teachers. I mean, we have great teachers in Rocky River. But there's a split with, with – um, what they believe, just like everyone else. So, it's politics and teaching in uh, the teaching yeah. profession, right? Yeah. So I, I you know, we, we're really fortunate, in Rocky, where we have um, such such great instructors. Um, but but you know, we want to keep that up. So I, 
I don't want to speak for what's going on with the teachers unions other than, you know, I, I just hope they don't overstep. I just hope they don't overstep their, their bounds and, and no, uh, they have in a lot of places in New yeah. York. I think it has happened Yeah, it's, it's a little in bit California, crazy. Yeah. Well, in California more so than New York. Yeah. In fact, my, my two good friends, the Garveys, John and Ann Garvey, yeah. that's Bill Garvey's mom and dad were both New York city school teachers. And you never met two people more committed yeah. to the, to teaching kids yeah. and improving the lives of kids than those two people. And I, I have great respect for the teacher profession in New York because of those two people that I've known so long because yeah. I knew the great c character of, uh, of uh, John and Ann Garvey. Yeah, it was great teachers in my background, people that, that helped me through. I became a physics major because I had a teacher named Father Scharf. Who that's that's in Ignatius, was it? Taught me the ins and outs of physics when I was a senior at Ignatius, and I, I became a physics major because of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, teachers are teachers are they can really influence influence kids and influence people. Yeah, I, I remember myself going through high school. Mm -hmm. uh, I was influenced by the poetry teacher, the English teacher. Yeah, and I loved poetry from there on. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we can get back on track. I hope so. Anyway, uh, hopefully you'll win the school board. Hope, hopeful. Yep. Hopeful. <laughs> and keep that, keep that uh, school system, the great school system that it is. And then uh, a week from Tuesday in Notre Dame, everybody's invited. The time is? Uh, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. on Tuesday, a week yeah. from next Tuesday at Notre Dame College. A few years ago, we had a big concert at Severance Hall. And... Uh, Tom Scanlon and I and Packy Highland and a lot of other people uh, participated in it. We put it all together and had a great concert. It was a social event this season. I can't remember the year. We brought the Irish Sopranos out from, from Dublin. And uh, this was, we recorded that event. And this was one of the songs. Now, the Irish Sopranos, as you can imagine, were classical, well, semi-classical, I would say. And uh, I just saw on the internet the other day where one of the sopranos, one of her songs in Dublin right now is number six or seven on the whatever you call it these days. You used to call things like that the hit parade, but I don't know what it's called now. So Deirdre Masterson is her name. I think this is Deirdre featured in this, uh, in this classic called O Mio Bambino Carol. Here she is. And this was recorded live at Severance Hall with the Cleveland Pops Orchestra and the Irish Sopranos. Here she is.
That was live from... lovely that's the irish sopranos live from severance hall with the cleveland pops orchestra eddie you have a request yes i do uh uh bridie talty called this in the queen of she's the queen of westport as everyone knows she wanted to say good morning and hi to bridgie conway oh wonderful uh peter <clears throat> i was asking peter if he had ever uh, visited england or ireland you did you went to school in england i i i did what well, i was finished with my physics curriculum but I still needed some credits to graduate so I, I took some classes over in the UK and it was I mean it was a very economical way to do it so I spent a bunch of time and there. which school did you go to went to University College London it's in near Bedford Square mm -hmm. so it's a little bit north from downtown London yeah, yeah. my nephew Martin he went to King's College yeah. you know it good school yep I yep I have him on here once in a while, chats yeah. about it. So if he's listening, hello, Martin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Martin. He's, we're going to have him on soon again. Um, but um, did you find it uh, different? Uh, well, well, I was there in the 70s. So we, I mean, there were still the troubles with Northern, uh, with um, Ireland. And um, it, it was... Margaret Thatcher was, was she the she, PM She then? was. She became the PM just as I, I was in school there. So oh, yeah. I actually saw her one time. She was... Uh, was interesting. Strong experience. woman. Yeah, strong woman. Ooh. But um, but yeah, it was different. And of course, I was Irish. I remember um, trying to come back to the U UK from to England from Ireland, and because I was Irish, I had an American passport. Because I was Irish, I mean, I got delayed and I got searched, and you know, really just because of my surname. Corrigan, so there was some uh, stuff like that. that yeah, happened. you Corrigans, you do spark a lot of interest <laughs> with, with the police. <laughs> and law Sorry about that. <laughs> Well, yeah. Peter, uh, thanks for coming in. It's great having you, and good luck in your school board endeavor. I think we need a lot more people like you on school boards throughout this country. I think we'd have a better country if we do. So uh, good luck on that, and good luck on the event coming up a week from Tuesday at Notre Dame, 7 p.m. Yep. At Notre Dame, uh, right on Green Road, if you know where Regina High School is, but it's between Mayfield and Cedar on Green Road, right? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And I listen. Thank thank you very much, and thank you for the support and the support of Notre Dame. And more than anything, thanks for what you do for the Mayo Society. And we're oh, the Mayo <laughs> Society. We have our ball coming up I the eighth of October next year. Yep. It's yep. just about a year away right now. Yep. Did you know that the fourteenth coming up next week is the anniversary of uh, William the Conqueror? Conqueror uh, fight, fight, uh, fighting the big battle that changed yeah, Hastings. Yeah, right. that changed everything. <laughs> yep. All right, coming up. Okay, let's uh, let's go over here to the High Kings, and this is called MacAlpine's Fusiliers. Hollows down the glen came MacAlpine's men with the shovels slung behind them. Was in the pub they drank the sub, and up in the spike you'll find them. They sweated blood and they washed out mud with pints and quarts of beer. And now we're on the road again with 
There they are, the High Kings, and I believe they are touring, touring America right now. Eddie, I have some special Yes, requests. I do. Uh, a big shout-out going out to Owen and Martin Kilbane and S from your Hibernian brother, Brian. Oh, okay. Here are the Mulcahys from County Limerick.
Well, there's the music telling us it's time for Tom Kelly and Company coming up at the top of the hour until 2 o'clock today, so make sure you stay with Tom. Our program is brought to you by Chambers Funeral Homes, Gandalf's Pub and Restaurant in Valley City, Golf Tech, Joyce Buick GMC, O'Neill Healthcare, Vincent's Barbershop on East 185th Street, and the Western Reserve Insurance Group. All of these good folks bringing you the Irish show this morning on WHK AM 1420. Back to you again next Sunday morning right here. John O'Brien will be our special guest. Talk about the newspaper, the Irish newspaper. I leave you with the immortal words of John Locke when he wrote, Ireland isn't a grand you look like a bride in a rich adorning. And with all the pent-up love in my heart, I bid you the top of the morning. I'm Jerry Quinn. Good day. Preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Hugh Hewitt warns of Pelosi's next trick. Nancy Pelosi is trying to spend not only your money and your kids' money, she's trying to spend your grandchildren's money and your great-grandchildren's money. Three and a half trillion dollars. It's going to be the most inflationary, destructive expansion of the welfare state, destroying incentives to work, destroying family structures. She is on a rampage. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Bob France at 9 on AM 1420. The answer. And Odyssey. My dad was a plumber since before I was born. I've worked as an assistant plumber since I was a kid. My dad and I still work together at Wyatt Works Plumbing, and I love it. Especially.